Hello, this is Samantha Shares. This episode covers the OCC's semi-annual risk perspective, Trends in Key Risks. The following is an audio version of that section of the report. This podcast is educational and is not legal advice. We are sponsored by Credit Union Exam Solutions Incorporated, whose team has over 240 years of National Credit Union Administration experience. We assist our clients with NCUA so they save time and money. If you are worried about a recent, upcoming, or in-process NCUA examination, reach out to learn how they can assist at marktrichel.com. Also check out our other podcast called With Flying Colors, where we provide tips on how to achieve success with NCUA. The Office of the Comptroller of Currency, the OCC, issues a semi-annual risk perspective. This past December's report has many key sections, and today's podcast highlights the section called Trends and Key Risks. And now the report, A. Credit Risk. Commercial Credit Themes. Commercial credit risk remains moderate and increasing. While recessionary pressures are easing, the consensus among economists is that the U.S. economy will experience slowing growth, which will affect vulnerable borrowers. Inflation remains elevated, and many economists predict that interest rates will remain higher for longer. Wages remain a primary cost driver, and companies in the service industries are the most affected by higher labor costs. Operating margin deterioration is particularly evident in senior living and healthcare facilities, which are experiencing both wage inflation and staffing shortages. Elevated interest rates also continue to have an adverse impact on some companies' profit margins and cash flow. The companies most affected are those with high leverage and marginal repayment capacity, smaller and lower-rated firms with shorter debt maturities, firms with a higher level of floating debt, and firms with limited financial flexibility. An obligor on a maturing loan with a balloon payment will likely need to demonstrate a higher repayment capacity at renewal or refinance due to higher debt costs and, for pre-loans, lower property values could also lead to the need for remargining. Renewed loans should be appropriately risk-rated. The liberal use of extensions and renewals could mask credit weaknesses and obscure a borrower's inability to meet reasonable repayment terms. Generally, risk ratings are driven by the strength of the primary source of repayment rather than collateral value or strength of guarantor. The Federal Reserve has not ruled out additional federal funds rate hikes if inflation remains elevated. Manufacturing production and new order indexes are declining. Further rate hikes would continue to increase the cost of business investment and consumer goods, placing downward pressure on demand. Demand-side shocks for industries and companies already under stress from high input costs or higher interest rates create the potential for a rapid and sustained decline in cash flow and profitability. The sustained period of price increases will likely serve as a drag on revenues for a wide range of industries, particularly growth-dependent borrowers and industries that are dependent on consumer discretionary spending, if consumers significantly curtail spending across the board. Credit quality metrics for CRE in some markets show signs of deterioration as persistent headwinds threaten asset quality and loan performance. CRE concentrations increased steadily over the past 18 months, and refinance risk is heightened due to higher debt costs and increases in operating expenses. Expenses, including utilities, property insurance, and taxes, are rising. Increasing debt costs are driven by higher interest rates and lower valuations. 
In June 2023, the OCC, the Federal Reserve, Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, and National Credit Union Administration published the Policy Statement on Prudent Commercial Real Estate Loan Accommodations and Workouts. The final interagency policy statement updates and builds on existing interagency guidance on CRE loan workouts calling for banks to work prudently and constructively with creditworthy borrowers during times of financial stress. Risk in the office market remains high and is expanding beyond urban business districts. Although risk remains highest in urban core markets, vacancy rates are rising for suburban submarkets. Data suggests that the office sector is experiencing significant structural shifts that could take several years to fully materialize as new remote work practices normalize in office loans made before 2020 mature. Leases reflect smaller footprints for businesses as tenants seek less square footage per employee. There is some resiliency in five-star and newer buildings, but these leases often include concessions and because of low demand could negatively affect less well-situated properties retail and other small business real estate in urban business districts that are reliant on office worker foot traffic have higher and rising vacancy rates than suburban submarket peers. Risk in the multifamily market is increasing, with higher vacancy levels due to a combination of new inventory and slowing demand. Mortgage delinquencies for multifamily properties remain low, but are starting to increase. Multifamily real estate risk varies by market, property type, and other factors. Senior housing continues to struggle as healthcare worker shortages exacerbate real estate risk factors. Some parts of the United States, such as Phoenix and Salt Lake City, are experiencing an overbuild in luxury properties, which leads to further devaluation for older properties. Other CRE markets remain sound but show signs of softening. The industrial market, which has been the best-performing CRE segment, is also starting to exhibit some signs of slowing. Overall industrial vacancy rates remain low, and it is uncertain whether the market is reaching an inflection point or reverting to a normalized level. Just as with other CRE property types, however, rising interest rates will have a negative impact on cash flows and valuations and will increase project financing costs. While some retail property types have stabilized, regional malls continue to struggle. A heightened risk environment could strain the resources of credit risk review and loan workout functions. Retirements and other attrition, coupled with an extended benign credit period, have decreased the number of bankers with problem loan identification and mitigation experience. Credit risk review functions may need to adjust sampling methodologies to capture higher risk industries or segments, borrowers who become constrained under stress test scenarios, or borrowers who exhibited marginal repayment capacity at origination or during stronger economic conditions. Workout functions could experience quickly increasing workloads that warrant additional experienced staff, regardless of whether problem loans are part of a formal loan workout, accurate and timely risk ratings are a key factor in successful credit risk management and are critical for problem loan mitigation. Retail credit themes. Retail credit performance remains satisfactory and has largely normalized across all asset classes. Lagging asset quality indicators have largely returned to pre-pandemic levels and remain in line with long-term averages. Portfolio growth moderated, with banks reported to have tightened underwriting standards earlier in 2023 in response to uncertain economic forecasts. Credit risk, including rising credit card and auto delinquencies, is moderate and remains manageable.
Effective risk management practices, including stronger residential real estate underwriting since the Great Recession and the low-rate refinancings done during the pandemic, will support homeowners' repayment ability and better position banks to manage through current economic challenges. The strong labor market, rising wages, manageable debt levels, and elevated but declining cash reserves enabled U.S. consumers to withstand costs associated with the level of inflation and rising interest rates. Credit card and auto delinquencies, however, increased in most banks in 2023 and are increasing. More material credit deterioration is evident in banks with higher risk appetites and more non-prime strategies. Retail net charge-offs, primarily driven by credit cards, have increased steadily each quarter for the past year. The most vulnerable segments of households continue to be those in lower income brackets on a fixed income or more highly leveraged. Higher interest rates on new originations and upward adjustments on variable rate debt, along with the potential for declining asset values, could place additional pressure on certain consumer and mortgage borrower segments and loan vintages. The resumption of federal student loan payments in October 2023 and the discontinuation of other government support programs pose uncertainty regarding the potential impacts on some borrowers' ability to pay. The new Saving on Valuable Education SAVE program is anticipated to reduce student loan payment shock by limiting payments to 5% of discretionary income, increasing the amount of income considered non-discretionary and accelerating loan forgiveness. Banks should evaluate the risk that consumers' student loans payment resumption may impact repayment of their other bank loans. Additional considerations include the risk inherent in new loan applications, where missed student loan payments will not be reported to the credit reporting companies as delinquencies, and borrowers will not be considered in default for the next year. Residential real estate loan portfolios demonstrate satisfactory performance. Consumer home loans reflect sound underwriting, and overall portfolio risk metrics reflect satisfactory support from the level of homeowner equity. Stress testing vulnerable vintages, segments, and geographies on variables such as unemployment, declining collateral values, and inflation impacts on disposable income is an effective tool to identify weaker portfolio segments. If identified, weaker segments warrant monitoring, incremental adjustments to underwriting, and an emphasis on safe and sound principles in the execution of loss mitigation programs to provide prudent, affordable, and sustainable borrower payment assistance. Borrower payment assistance programs for retail loan products take many forms. Effective loss mitigation programs accurately address financial hardship and underwrite the loan to the borrower's willingness and ability to pay the debt. Prudent programs verify the borrower's sources of income, total debt, and contractual payments, which support affordability and should result in sustainability of the borrower's ability to repay their debt. Loss mitigation programs based on unverified information and lacking sufficient repayment analysis are inappropriate, and reliance on extended amortization, extensions, and deferral of unpaid amounts reflect a borrower's lack of repayment capacity and may not be in the best interest of the borrower or the bank. Imprudent loss mitigation programs can result in less effective risk oversight and reporting. Bank management should remain focused on accurate and timely risk identification utilizing delinquency reporting, risk rating, loss recognition, and financial reporting. Market risk. The speed and magnitude of rising rates have materially influenced depositor behavior and rate sensitivity in direction and magnitude inconsistent with historic observations. 
banks are facing significant deposit competition from higher-yielding choices as well as reduced broader market liquidity, which may further pressure banks' deposit retention and growth strategies. Deposit competition has pushed rates higher and resulted in increasing usage of higher-cost CDS, brokered deposits and borrowings. Banks' NIM could be further pressured from continued market liquidity contraction, high and steady or increasing short-term rates, and a continued increasing trend in deposit rates and funding costs. Deposits as a percentage of assets in OCC-supervised institutions stabilized at 79% through the third quarter of 2023 after trending down from a peak of 82% at year-end 2021. This stabilization was supported by increased brokered deposit and wholesale funding usage. Between year-end 2022 and September 30, 2023, borrowings in OCC-supervised institutions increased $172 billion 29% and brokered deposits increased $258 billion 55%. Rising deposit rates and increased reliance on Wholesale funding significantly increased funding costs through the third quarter of 2023. Banks with assets under $1 billion shed a 91 basis point 131% increase in funding costs, while banks with assets over $1 billion saw a 112 basis point 100% increase. Increased funding costs observed in 2023 compressed NIMs in smaller institutions despite rising asset yields after significant NIM expansion in 2022. The median NIM quarterly annualized in banks with assets between $10 billion and $50 billion declined 35 basis points to 3.14%, while banks with assets less than $10 billion saw a reduction of 22 basis points to 3.0%. Banks with assets greater than $50 billion actually had a modest improvement of 6 basis points in the third quarter, bringing median NIM to 3.10% and nearly back to the 3.12% observed at year-end 2022. Stress testing and sensitivity analyzes of deposit assumptions remain critical given recent trends in deposit movement and rates as well as uncertainty regarding depositor behavior moving forward. Banks may experience continued pressure to raise deposit rates contemporaneously and at higher levels than forecasted relative to market rate changes to grow or retain deposits. These factors may continue to compress margins, elevate risk to earnings, and present new challenges for banks to model and project deposit rates and balances in both interest rate and liquidity risk stress testing scenarios. Inaccurate deposit assumptions will render model results unreliable and may mask banks' true interest rate risk and liquidity risk profiles. Unreliable model projections and stresses may result in higher-than-forecast funding costs, potentially unexpected liquidity shortfalls, and imprecision in balance sheet hedging. Sound liquidity risk management, including processes that ensure sufficient committed capacity to meet contingent liquidity needs, remains critical. Asset liquidity stabilized in 2023 and has been buoyed by increased wholesale funding reliance. Unrealized losses in OCS-supervised institutions' investment portfolios were negatively impacted by continued increases in the 10-year U.S. Treasury rates and remain a concern. The current elevated levels of bank investment portfolio depreciation could exacerbate risk exposure, particularly if security sales are required to meet funding outflows. Unrealized losses as a percentage of amortized cost in OCC-supervised institutions available for sale AFS portfolios increased in the third quarter of 2023 and remain elevated at 8%, while unrealized losses in held-to-maturity HTM portfolios increased to 16%.
Unrealized investment portfolio losses highlight the importance of operational readiness to monetize securities in a timely manner in case liquidity needs arise to avoid recognizing unrealized losses. Examples include repo lines, federal home loan bank FHLB capacity, and access to Federal Reserve facilities. Regular testing and capacity assessments will help ensure these sources remain accessible. This is particularly important for banks with large HTM holdings, as sale of these securities can taint the portfolio and lead to recognition of losses. Operational Risks Cybersecurity Operational risk continues to be elevated as cyber attacks evolve and become more sophisticated and pervasive to the U.S. economy. Continuing cyber attacks and current geopolitical tensions highlight the importance of heightened threat monitoring and safeguarding against disruptive attacks targeting the financial sector. Over the past year, there has been an observed increase in distributed denial-of-service DDoS attacks against the financial sector. Some of the increase may be attributed to politically motivated attacks, while others are financially driven, coupled with extortion demands. Ransomware actors continue to affect the sector by targeting banks and their third parties. These attacks have the potential to affect banks and market operations by rendering critical data inaccessible, as well as by threatening the confidentiality of customer data through data leaks. Single cyber campaigns have demonstrated the ability to compromise hundreds of organizations and affect a significant number of consumers. Threat actors continue to leverage phishing emails and texts targeting employees and compromised credentials to gain access to networks through remote access solutions. Such unauthorized access would enable threat actors to conduct ransomware and other extortion campaigns that can affect bank customers. Malicious actors have also continued to use DDoS attacks to target the financial sector. Threat actors continue to exploit publicly known software vulnerabilities and weak authentication controls at targeted organizations, including banks and financial service providers. To mitigate against cyber risks, it is important for banks to adopt heightened threat and vulnerability monitoring processes and implement effective security measures, including the use of multi-factor authentication MFA, hardening of systems configurations, and timely patch management. The AUK continues to see cybersecurity incidents that exploit weak or poorly configured authentication controls and practices. Recent attacks suggest that banks using single-factor authentication or relying on weak security methods may face increased risk of unauthorized access to information systems, potential operational disruption, data compromise, or financial loss. The OCC encourages banks to conduct thorough risk assessments that include authentication practices. When consistently implemented, properly configured, and combined with other layered security controls, MFA can provide an enhanced level of protection and help prevent attacks on bank systems. Innovation and adoption of new products and services Banks continue to leverage new technology and innovative products and services to further their digitalization efforts and to meet evolving customer demand and expectations. Examples of innovations include faster and real-time payment products, increased use of mobile and digital technologies to deliver financial services, application programming interfaces, data aggregation services, AI, and contactless payment devices. While these products and services and their underlying technologies can offer many benefits to banks and their customers, they also contribute to a complex operating environment along with increasing compliance, reputational, strategic, and other risks. It is important to assess how technology can be leveraged to fuel rapid deposit outflows and how the use of social media and other digital channels may accelerate communications.
Banks are also reminded to implement appropriate due diligence, change management, and risk management processes when considering changes to products, services, and operating environments. Banks have approached AI adoption cautiously with a wide range of use cases. The use of AI has the potential to reduce costs and increase efficiencies, improve products, services, and performance, strengthen risk management, and expand access to credit and other banking products and services. AI systems may, however, present particular challenges related to bias and discrimination. For example, these systems may perpetuate or exacerbate the results of historical discrimination if they are improperly trained or used with data sets that reflect biases or past discrimination practices. Use of generative AI is becoming more accessible with the introduction of commercially available large language models, like with all new or expanded products, services, and relationships, appropriate risk management processes, including due diligence and change management, are needed. Banks and service providers continue to face challenges with maintaining legacy technology architectures while responding to increasing digitalization demands. It is important for banks to maintain appropriate operational resilience for on-premises and critical third-party technology architecture, commensurate with the size and complexity of products, services, and operations being supported. An effective operational resilience strategy can enhance a bank's ability to mitigate disruption from all hazards, including cyber threats and other technology and operational outages. Sound risk management practices can help safeguard against fraud, financial crimes, and operational errors. While traditional payment channels such as checks and wire transfers continue to be targeted, increasing digitalization of products and services can also heighten risk of fraud and error, including fraud targeting P2P and other faster payment platforms. While P2P payment platforms can provide enhanced capabilities and convenience to consumers for managing payments, the faster and streamlined payment capabilities and the irreversible and irrevocable nature of these payments have also been used to perpetuate consumer fraud. Banks can aid customers by strengthening controls, educating customers on potential scams, and enhancing internal fraud monitoring capabilities. Examiners will continue to assess how banks are managing these and other risks related to changes in operating environments driven by these innovations. The OCC continues to approach crypto asset products, services, and activities cautiously for a variety of reasons, including high volatility, high-risk lending, excessive leverage, interconnectedness, concentration within the crypto industry, and lack of comprehensive regulation. Banks are reminded to follow the process outlined in OCC Interpretative Letter 1 in Wigin 79 before engaging in permissible crypto asset-related activities. Third-party risk management and other operational risks. Digitalization and technological innovation continue to advance the trend of banks outsourcing technology operations and banks entering partnerships or other arrangements with third parties, including fintech firms, to deliver innovative financial products and services. For example, increasing adoption of cloud services in the financial sector, as noted in a recent U.S. Department of the Treasury report, is allowing banks to gain efficiencies, but also can present risk if not implemented properly. The complexity of bank fintech partnerships is also increasing as the volume of new entrants within the fintech ecosystem continues to grow. Effective management and oversight are important for third-party relationships. Third-party risk management processes should be commensurate with the size, complexity, and risk profile of the bank and with the nature of the third-party relationship. 
It is also important for banks to engage in more rigorous oversight of third-party relationships that support higher risk and critical activities. In addition, it is important for banks to maintain talent management strategies to ensure sufficient resources and subject matter expertise to implement critical controls. Given demand for staff with specialized experience and technical expertise, it may sometimes be necessary for banks to engage with a third party. Compliance Risk Bank Secrecy Act Handy Money Laundering and Office of Foreign Assets Control Compliance Risks Banks continue to adopt or consider fintech relationships related to product and service offerings, and it is important that they effectively manage the resulting operational and compliance risks, including third-party risk management. It is important that banks understand the benefits and risks associated with each third-party relationship, with particular focus on relationships that involve higher risk or critical activities, and that they enter into effective contracts addressing the potential for default and termination. It is also important for banks to identify potentially nested relationships where a fintech firm may be providing services to other fintech firms without appropriate controls. As the range of payment methods and their accessibility continue to expand and evolve, for example, with the launch of instant payments via Fedno, it is important that banks continuously evaluate their BSOML risks and corresponding controls to keep pace with new or changing risk profiles. While banks continue to expand their digital and electronic products, services, and capabilities, they should be aware of related risks, including a recent alert issued by the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network FinCEN highlighting a prominent virtual currency investment scam known as pig butchering. Banks also should remain vigilant against traditional financial crime risks. There have been significant increases in fraud, as highlighted in both a FinCEN alert on the nationwide surge in mail theft-related check fraud schemes and a FinCEN analysis identifying threat patterns and trends related to business email compromise in the real estate sector. FinCEN also has noted increases in payroll tax evasion and workers' compensation fraud in the construction sector. Suspicious activity report SAR data trends reflect significant increases in SAR filings related to fraud. Effective processes to prevent, identify, and file SARs in a timely manner, including fraudulent activity, remain important to protect financial institutions, consumers, and the financial system, as indicated by the fact that fraud is one of FinCEN's national AMLIFT priorities. Banks' responsibilities under the current customer due diligence and beneficial ownership rule and other existing BSA requirements remain unchanged, pending the issuance of changes to those regulatory requirements as required by the AML Act of 2020. Consumer Compliance and Community Reinvestment Act Fair Lending Craffle Risks Banks continue to face heightened attention and focus on ensuring equal access to credit and fair and consistent treatment of consumers as they adapt to changing customer needs and preferences related to product, service, and delivery channel offerings. Risks are compounded if changes are not delivered or implemented in a fair or equitable manner. Banks' compliance risk management frameworks should be commensurate with their existing risk profiles and capable of efficiently and effectively supporting risk profile changes. Additionally, as interest rates continue to rise, banks may experience an increase in relief requests under the Service Members Civil Relief Act on certain obligations or liabilities incurred before the service member entered military service. In particular, borrowers may seek relief for adjustable rate credit products such as credit cards and for eligible auto payments. On October 24, 2023, the OCC, the Federal Reserve, and the FDIC issued a final rule to strengthen and modernize regulations implementing the CRA.
The effective date of the rule is April 1, 2024, with key provisions of the final rule going into effect on January 1, 2026 and January 1, 2027. It is important for banks to plan for changes that become effective on April 1, 2024, and to implement change management processes as appropriate to address the potential impact of the rule on bank systems and resources. Climate-Related Financial Risk Final Interagency Principles for Climate-Related Financial Risk Management for Large Financial Institutions on October 24, 2023, the OCC, FDIC, and Federal Reserve issued final interagency principles for climate-related financial risk management for large financial institutions that provide a high-level framework for the safe and sound management of exposures to climate-related financial risk for financial institutions with total consolidated assets over $100 billion. The principles support large financial institutions' efforts to focus on key aspects of climate-related financial risk management, providing a high-level framework for climate-related financial risk management consistent with the agency's existing rules and guidance. Observations of Large Banks' Management of Climate-Related Financial Risk as noted in our spring 2023 semiannual risk perspective, the OCC has been conducting supervision activities at its largest banks those with over $100 billion in total assets to understand the bank's climate-related financial risk management programs. This work is well underway and will continue in 2024. As we stated in the spring, the large banks have been making progress to incorporate climate-related financial risks in their risk management frameworks and policies. At the same time, the large banks overall have significant additional work to do to move those programs to maturity. Observations to date include Efforts to incorporate climate-related financial risk in strategic planning remain in the early stages of development. Most of these banks are also still in the early stages of integrating climate-related financial risk into their broader risk appetites, and some have developed quantitative risk appetite metrics. Banks are reporting on climate-related financial risk to senior management and the board and indicated that reporting will become more detailed moving forward. Banks continue to face challenges and limitations on obtaining granular data for their climate-related financial risk analysis. Banks have generally developed or are planning to implement climate-related credit risk assessments to evaluate borrowers' and clients' exposures to high-risk sectors and industries. Banks are in the very early stages of understanding the impacts of climate change and ways to mitigate climate-related financial risk on low- and moderate-income communities they serve. Bank management teams generally have focused their initial work on the physical risks e.g. flooding of residential real estate. This concludes the OCC's Risk Perspective Report Section 4. If your credit union could use assistance with your exam, reach out to Mark Trichel on LinkedIn or at marktrichel.com. This is Samantha Shares, and we thank you for listening.